Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. What's going on, folks? Coming to you live from an undisclosed location in the great state of New York. It is time for another edition of the GBI Show. That's right. It's Gridiron Betting Insights here on ATS. Jay San and your host here to bring you everything you need to know, everything you need to think about before betting week 13 of the NFL season, if you have not already. On tonight's show, breakdowns of all 14 games, including Thursday night football, and who knows, maybe a little bit of fun while we're at it here on the show. Of course, we remind you to check out Caesars Sportsbook. Use promo code GBI bonus at Caesars Sportsbook. Get a risk-free match bet up to $1,001 on your first wager on the site over at Caesars Sportsbook using promo code GBI. Bonus, of course, we thank everybody watching and listening live here on Thursday night. Of course, if you are taking part of the program on demand as well, we appreciate you via YouTube, Twitter, or the GBI Show podcast feed. Of course, to find that, go to wherever you get your podcast, search ATS.io, and that is where you can enjoy the show, wherever you are, whenever you are. And, of course, on podcast, you do not have to look at uh, my hideous mug. So that is a huge advantage of uh, checking out the podcast. Of course, if you do uh, subscribe to the podcast feed, we uh, kindly ask that you leave us a nice little review, give us a nice uh, nice little five-star rating if you are so inclined. Unlike our friend Eric, who uh, on Sunday left us a one-star review. He was very upset that we said we should move the Atlanta Falcons and Jacksonville Jaguars both to London. Uh, he said, what a terrible comment. Everyone should avoid this podcast with this guy bashing the Jaguars with a rookie quarterback and terrible secondary. Why does that mean move the team? We're a couple of late flags away from going to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. After that, Roger Goodell, sleazy, you know what, moves the schedule two games to London, and then 2020 happened, and he didn't get his way. All of this because I said we should move two NFL franchises to London at the same time, a comment that really shouldn't have been taken seriously. I thought that by saying if you move two teams, uh, that everybody would know I was uh, clearly doing a bit. But Eric uh, Eric did not feel the same way. And that's okay. He gave the podcast a try. It wasn't for him. If it is for you, again, feel free to drop us five stars and tell me uh, how much you uh, think my voice makes you feel very nice inside. With that, we're going to move on to week 13 of the NFL season, folks. And we are going to start. With Thursday night football, we are going to start with the Dallas Cowboys, six and a half point favorites, taking on the New Orleans Saints, total 45 and a half. And this is a game where the best number is already gone. Uh, you know, if you were going to bet the Dallas Cowboys in this game earlier in the week would have been the way to do it. I know that there were fours, four and a halfs available early in the week. Uh, that number has now ballooned up to six, six and a half. And, uh, you know, no reason to bet it at this point. If you're a Cowboys backer, if you do believe in the Saints and Taysom Hill, uh, more power to you. I personally am not one of those people, but uh, you know now you do get a better number, so this would be the time to jump in. Of course, both of these teams losing on Thanksgiving last week, so they're playing on Thursday night, but it's not a short week of rest for either team as they both are coming off of a full week off 
after playing last week on Thanksgiving, the Cowboys losing to the Raiders in that flag fest of a game. And then, of course, the Saints getting blown out by the Buffalo Bills. And that blowout at the hands of the Bills is very interesting now because that's kind of spurred the move to go to Taysom Hill here for the Saints. Trevor Simeon, it just was not working out. They lost every game that he had started. He did help them finish off their victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, when Jameis Winston went down. But since then, it's been pretty much a disaster for Simeon, with the exception of that one game where they kept things pretty competitive with the Tennessee Titans and ended up covering the number. But uh, since then, it has not been good. And, I, you know, it's it's funny because I guess it might be the right move just to see what you have in Taysom Hill at this point in the season. But I don't think it's going to lead to good results on the field. It's something that, you know, maybe you need to get it over with at this point. But, uh, you know, you gave Taysom Hill a ton of money. I guess you have to justify him being out there. It's I don't think it's going to go particularly well. He's kind of usually out there in those uh, gimmick sort of gadget play situations. He's going to have to be out there all the time now. I don't see that going particularly well. Uh, for the Cowboys, Randy Gregory out. Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, they should go. Demarcus Lawrence should go. But uh, some key injuries, again, for the Saints, in addition to the quarterback situation, you have a couple of offensive linemen in Armstead and Ramchek. They are out. Alvin Kamara and Marcus Davenport also out. And again, you know, Kamara would be the perfect kind of guy to have out there in a game where you're starting guys like Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, right? Guys who can come out there and stabilize things offensively via the running game or catching short passes. Well, Simeon didn't have a lot of Kamara and it showed. And without Kamara, I think Taysom Hill really suffers as well. Uh, the Cowboys four and one against the spread on the road this season. They are eight and three against the spread for the year. And it's a game where I think that they should cover the number even at the six and a half, but with the value being gone, I mean, two and a half point move. I uh, do not see that being advisable at this stage of the game, but you're certainly not going to catch me betting on Taysom Hill either. Um, you know, it's a game where I think, right, you sit back at this point and you watch if you haven't bet it already because I think that the value's kind of been sapped out of it, and I do not think that the Saints are good enough with the current quarterback situation to take now that the line has, in fact, moved. I think it's going to be a pretty ugly game. And, you know, it's a Dallas team tied for number one in the league in yards per play on the season, uh, averaging over a yard per play more than the Saints already, and now you throw in a guy, a quarterback, who might not even be a real legitimate quarterback in the NFL, I, I don't think that bodes particularly well for New Orleans, but we have seen stranger things on these Thursday night games as well, right? We have seen the Miami Dolphins beat Lamar Jackson in Baltimore uh, on Thursday night earlier in the season. So you certainly can't rule anything out, but I do think that uh, the Cowboys would be the best way to go if you absolutely could not avoid making a play on Thursday night football at this point in time. Now let's move to the Sunday slate here on the GBI show, and we will go to Giants-Dolphins. Speaking of the Dolphins, we just mentioned them. Uh, the Dolphins are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Total is 41 for this game. And this is a contest where both of these teams coming off of wins, right? The Giants beating the Philadelphia Eagles last week, that 13-7 defensive struggle. Very admirable performance by the Giants' defense, whereas the Dolphins, they beat the Carolina Panthers and did a nice job moving the ball in the second half of that game to keep the Panthers out of reach. And it's a game here where the question is going to be, 
just what does the quarterback situation look like for the New York Giants? It's ironic, right? You have the Dolphins who have been dealing with quarterback injuries for a lot of the year. Well, now the New York Giants, Daniel Jones questionable with a neck injury. He says he's going to play, but who knows if that's actually the case. If he doesn't, Mike Glennon, the uh, backup quarterback for the Giants, that did not go well for the Giants earlier in the season when Jones was dealing with the concussion that he suffered against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, it's a game that I I would lean toward Miami here. Again, it's a game where the line has moved pretty significantly. It was a three-point spread earlier in the week, and then the Daniel Jones news dropped and moved to four and a half. I don't feel comfortable betting that far above the original number. Um, both of these teams, you know, relatively statistically even, both bottom 10 in yards per play offensively, kind of in the middle of the pack defensively in that regard. I think that what sets the Dolphins apart right now, besides the fact that they're just riding high, I mean, they've won four straight to get to five and seven after a one and seven start. I think the fact that they've kind of figured something out here with Tua to Jalen Waddle, and it's become one of the better kind of unsung combinations in the NFL as of late. Waddle with almost 80 receptions at this point in the year. Um, I think that that is a pretty great connection that Daniel Jones has not seemed to have developed with any of his wide receivers just yet. And then, of course, you throw in the fact that Jones might not go in this game. And I think that the only play to make here would be the Dolphins. Um, I'd be curious if the line comes down a little bit if Jones is actually confirmed to be playing in the game. I think the best move would be to kind of wait things out and see if that does, in fact, happen. And if you can get a better price with the Dolphins as you get a little bit closer to the game. Elsewhere on Sunday, Indianapolis Colts, nine and a half point favorites on the road, taking on the Houston Texans, total 45. Last week, the Colts, they did lose to the Bucs. It was a one touchdown game. Now, Tampa Bay covered the number there, but admirable performance by the Indianapolis Colts, put up 31 points in the loss. The offense continued to roll, whereas the Texans, they looked rough against the New York Jets. Uh, They end up losing by a touchdown at home to the Jets. And again, it's another real statistical mismatch here, especially offensively, with the Colts gaining over a yard per play more than the Texans so far this season. Houston dead last in the NFL in yards per play. You have to remember, right, some context required there. Davis Mills started a bunch of games for the Texans, and the offense completely went off the cliff during that time. So, you know, they're not quite as bad as the numbers show. It is worth pointing that out. But it's also worth pointing out here that the Colts are 4-1 and one against the spread on the road this season. And they take on a Texans team, they, the, to be fair, 3-2 and two against the number at home, including a cover against the Patriots earlier in the season. I think that the offense of the Indianapolis Colts is built for a game like this, right? It's a game where you're going into your bye, but you have a lot to rely on offensively. Carson Wentz can push the ball down the field. Because defenses have to respect what Jonathan Taylor does in the running game, and I just don't see the Texans putting up into the you know into the mid twenties. I think is what it would take to cover this nine and a half point number. I just don't see them getting there. I see them maxing out around twenty one, and I could easily see the Colts putting up thirty one or more to cover this game. Don't like laying that big a number on the road, but I think that the best play to be made in that contest would have to be the Indianapolis Colts, in my opinion. Now let's move to the NFC North. And 
not to the Green Bay Packers, which means you're not going to get a great game here. But uh, you're going to get the Minnesota Vikings minus seven taking on the Detroit Lions. Total 47. The Vikings losing to the Niners last week. Pretty high scoring game. Uh, total points, I think, went to the 60s for that one. And then you have the Lions losing to the Chicago Bears on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, just another disappointing performance by the Lions at home on Thanksgiving. And it's a game where the Vikings, of course, have the big advantages statistically, right? They're top 10 in yards per play this season, Detroit in the bottom five. They're averaging nearly a yard per play more than the Lions this season. It's to be expected. They just have more weapons, whereas the Lions certainly do not. And it's a game where I would lean toward the Vikings here, but you have a spot where Thursday night football is coming up for the Vikings. They host the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is not a big division game or anything like that, but it is a big game in that, A, you got the short week, you got a more marquee opponent, and it's a game where you know you're going to have to bring it more than against the Detroit Lions. I don't know if the Vikings can sustain a high level against a team like Detroit, knowing that they have something bigger on the horizon. And Detroit, to their credit, 7-4 and four against the spread this season. Minnesota, just 6-5. and five. Uh, To me, the game is a stay away. I would, I would lean toward the Vikings, but given everything they've got going on coming up, given that Dalvin Cook is questionable for the game, I don't know that I necessarily can count on them to bring that sustained level of performance for four quarters in this contest, even if they are playing a team in the Lions, that the perception would say, you know, they're an abysmal team, they're going to get blown out. They have been decent at covering the number this season to their credit. So I think that uh, I think that this is a game that's worth staying away from, from a betting perspective. Now, a game with some injury question marks in it coming up next year, I am talking about the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Jets, the Eagles' seven-point favorites, total 44-and-a-half. But the question here is, A, what's Jalen Hurts' status coming into this game? Currently questionable dealing with an ankle injury. And on top of just the fact that he's questionable, what's it going to look like for the Eagles after they just lost the way that they did to the New York Giants? They scored seven points against the Giants, a team that, has by no means been excellent defensively this season. Now you play a second straight week at MetLife Stadium, albeit this time against the Jets, who are a weaker opponent than the Giants, but two straight road games, both in the same venue. Very awkward situation for the Eagles. They're dealing with some injury concerns, not just Jalen Hurts, but Devontae Smith, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, all questionable for this game. Um, the Jets... They won last week. It wasn't pretty, but they won last week. Zach Wilson getting the win there for New York, and he's going to be potentially without some receiving talent for this game. Keelan Cole on the COVID list. Corey Davis in practice uh, today here on Thursday. It's a game where, again, I lean toward the Eagles, but I want to know the status of the quarterback situation before getting involved in any meaningful way. I think that uh, you know Jalen Hurts – not saying he's going to sit out, but if he's really affected by that ankle injury, that takes away a huge part of what the Philadelphia Eagles do. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the league in terms of their yards per carry average because of what Jalen Hurts is capable of bringing through the running game, right? He's a guy who he does, you know, kind of the read option gimmick, and it's worked very well as of late for Philadelphia. And I think that 
if he's not at 100% or at least very close to it, that takes away a real significant portion of what the Eagles like to do offensively. So might be a good idea to try and figure out just where Hertz is at before locking in any sort of action on that game. Next up, we talk about injured quarterbacks. Well, the Arizona Cardinals have been dealing with some quarterback injuries of their own here. Uh, of course, uh, Kyler Murray missing some games, Colt McCoy stepping in, and everything's kind of been fine for the Cardinals. Uh, they're still winning games with Colt McCoy. They come off the bye this week, taking on the Chicago Bears. Cardinals seven and a half point favorites, total 43 and a half. And Kind of a good sign here for not only Cardinals fans, but football fans in general. Murray and Hopkins for the Cardinals, they have at least been practicing in some capacity this week. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually go through with playing football. Uh, It would be nice to see that, but at least they are back on the practice field. And again, it's a game where you want to wait and see what is going on with the quarterback of one of these teams, right? Because if Kyler Murray is not able to go, maybe you get a better number if it's confirmed that Colt McCoy is going to start again. And you have to remember, Arizona's been covering the spread with Colt McCoy. They've been doing a real nice job with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. So maybe you get something kind of below seven, maybe seven flat, whatever the case may be, if it has to be McCoy again this week. But I think it's beneficial to wait and see. And if it gets confirmed that Kyler Murray is going to play and the line balloons for the Cardinals, you know what? Maybe you, know, you just sit it out and say, okay, I didn't get the best number. I can move on. That's kind of up to you how you want to play that strategically. But again, the quarterback situation, extremely important. Also extremely important, Akeem Hicks, questionable for the Bears this week, as is Cole Komet. But that defensive line without Khalil Mack, if Kyler Murray's back, that could be a rough situation. However, I will say, to be completely fair, you also have to remember, right, we have seen some quarterbacks come back from injury and look real rusty, right? Russell Wilson has not looked like himself after his finger injury. We've seen Dak Prescott come back from an ankle injury, and he has not looked like himself. Kyler Murray now trying to come back from the same type of thing. Is he going to look like himself? There's no guarantee that that's going to be the case. If he is playing, I like the seven and a half with the Cardinals, but uh, I do think that it is worth at least finding out what you're going to be getting at quarterback before you lock this one in. At least you know going in not to expect a ton offensively from the Chicago Bears, no matter who is playing at quarterback for uh, for Arizona. You also have to remember Arizona is unbelievable on the road this season. They are 6-0 and on the road this season, so they are a team that certainly – capable of going out there. And you have to remember, they've also, I mean, they've won games without their starting quarterback on the road. They have won a game without their coach on the road in Cleveland earlier this season. So it's not as if they are not used to handling adverse situations on the road. Just something to keep in mind before you lock this game in. Next up, our final game before we get to halftime here on the program, Chargers, Bengals, Chargers, Three-point underdogs heading into this game. Total 50 and a half. Of course, last week, the Chargers losing on the road to the Denver Broncos. The Bengals, meanwhile, beating up on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hung a 40-burger on a division rival, which is certainly impressive. And this is a game where, you know, you're kind of wondering which of these two young quarterbacks, whether it's Burrow or Herbert, is really going to step up and make the plays needed to win this game. Um you know, for me, I would lean towards Cincinnati here 
Um, being at home is certainly a benefit in this game, but I just think that the play of the Bengals offensively has been more consistent throughout this season. Uh, Herbert has a bright future ahead of him. I think both of these quarterbacks do, even though I was not high on Burrow, to say the least, when he came out of LSU. But I just think that he has lacked sort of the consistently high-level play that Burrow has brought for much of this season. I also think that, man, Joe Mixon at running back for this Bengals team has, now that he's kind of healthy and he's playing consistently, it has just been a breath of fresh air for this team. They now have a really multi-dimensional offensive attack. And, you know, the Chargers have that at times with Eckler. But again, I just think it's inconsistent. I think that the consistency of the Bengals is going to win the day here. And that's a sentence that I never thought in my entire life that I would ever utter, right? That the consistency of the Cincinnati Bengals would be what helped them through any situation. But that's kind of where we are this season, man. They're Offensively, they have been very strong. And I think that that continues here on Sunday against the Chargers. So that is the first half. We've reached halftime. Of course, at halftime, I want to remind you folks to download the ATS app, the ATS.io app. Search for it in the App Store, Google Play, wherever it is you get your apps. You can track your bets. You can get statistics, information you need to make the smartest possible wagers. And, of course, uh, you can get some great takes from myself, from TJ Calkins, the rest of the ATS team, all on the ATS app. You do not want to miss it. Again, Apple App Store, Google Play, wherever you get your mobile apps. So that's halftime, nice and short. Again, none of this 15, 20-minute nonsense like you get in the NFL or college football. Short and sweet halftime here on the GBI show. Let's get back into it now. Second half here on the program, and we will start with Bucks falcons Bucks 10.5-point favorites on the road, taking on the Falcons, total of 51. And you look at the matchup between these two teams the last time, and it was a lot closer than the final score would lead you to believe, right? The Bucs, they won by multiple possessions. But you got to remember, second half, multiple pick sixes for the Bucs. Uh, you know, some deflections involved, some things that aren't exactly sustainable over the long run. But what you also have to remember here is that the offense of the Atlanta Falcons has kind of gone off the cliff in recent weeks. And I think that's important to note going into this game. This is not the same Atlanta offense that was at least competitive for a lot of the season. They've scored 24 points over their last three weeks. They'd scored three points uh, three three games ago. They were shut out by the Patriots on Thursday Night Football two games ago, and then they scored 21 against, uh, against Jacksonville. But even that, 21 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars is by no means an impressive performance. It is not an impressive – it's not a performance that you feel good about. I should say, and uh, I think that, again, their offense is going to lead to their undoing here. Uh, On the bright side for the Falcons, they do know that they will have Cordaro Patterson back for this game. He had missed some time a few weeks ago for Atlanta. He is back, scored scored last week for Atlanta, and here he is again trying to keep them competitive with Tampa Bay. But I'm going to be honest, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Even with Antonio Brown out, Vita Vea and Ali Marpet, questionable. I just don't think that the firepower exists right now for the Atlanta Falcons. By the way, some ugly ATS records for both of these teams if you are betting on this game. Atlanta 0-4 against the spread at home this season. 
Tampa one and five against the spread on the road. And I think that the Buccaneers can win this game convincingly enough. You know, they, they kind of had to grind it out against the Colts last week, but the Colts offense has been really playing at a high level. Whereas the Falcons, I, you know, again, you talk about how many points is it going to take to cover the number here? And I think that when you look at this game, for Atlanta, you figure you, know, you got to score at least into the mid-20s, I think, if you want to have a chance to cover against Tom Brady playing indoors, and I just don't see them getting that. I don't think that the defense does enough to stand up and make it hard on Brady and company. Um, again, not super keen on laying double figures, especially with the team playing on its second straight road game, but uh, I think that the Bucks would be the best play. I would lean in their direction heading into this contest. Now, folks, let's talk about the red-hot Washington football team. Again, another sentence I never thought in my life that I would say. Let's talk about the red-hot Washington football team. They have won three straight games, and they're one-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Raiders. Total of 49. Washington beating Seattle late in that game on Monday Night Football, just holding on by the skin of their teeth, stopping a late two-point conversion attempt by the Seahawks that would have tied the game. Uh, they got lucky with an onside kick situation. There was an illegal formation on a, on an onside kick recovered by Seattle. Uh, they got bailed out by that. Then the second attempt, Washington did manage to recover to hold on and win the game. Meanwhile, the Raiders beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So you have a Raiders team playing with extra rest this week against a Washington football team that is coming in on a short week after playing on Monday. I lean toward the Raiders in this game. Um, you know, you look at the defense of the Washington football team, and they have gotten some good results as of late, right? They beat Tampa Bay, did a good job against the Tampa Bay offense. Maybe not a game that Tampa Bay was exactly up and ready for from a focus perspective. Then they beat the Carolina Panthers. It was a tight game throughout, and it's a game where I think a more competent quarterback probably beats Washington in that spot. But the defensive numbers did look pretty good for Washington, kind of thanks in part to Cam Newton's lack of accuracy at the quarterback position. And then you look last week, I mean, the Seahawks are just a mess. It's not as good a win as the name would indicate there. So, you know, you have three straight wins, but I think that there are some concerns within those wins that they're not as good as they might look on paper, as far as I'm concerned. I think that this week you're going to see a regression from the defense of the Washington football team. And again, this is a game I've been saying it for weeks and they've been kind of proving me wrong, but I think this against a pretty potent Las Vegas Raiders offense is a game where you really need somebody like Chase Young or Montez Sweat to get after the quarterback a little bit better. And I think that's going to be a pretty big concern. The Raiders top 10 in yards per play allowed this season, the football team, in the bottom five in that regard, even with some of these stronger defensive performances over the last few weeks. And, you know, the Raiders, listen, they're tied for third in the NFL in yards per play this season. They are operating at a high level for the most part this year, right? They had a few rough weeks there, especially in the immediate aftermath of Henry Ruggs' uh, forced departure, understandably so, from the Raiders' roster. And they really did a nice job of rebounding against Dallas in a game where they really could have folded 
in that contest, right? You know, you're on the road, short week, Thanksgiving in Dallas, the tradition, all of that. But they did. And I think that there's a lot to be said about that. And I think that the Raiders make it two in a row here with a win over the Washington football team. Also a fan of the over in that game, a total of 49. I do see the Raiders putting up some points. It's going to require Washington to pick up their pace a little bit. And I think that we do see this game get over the total in Las Vegas. Now, a game that I don't see getting to the total will be in Los Angeles between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Jaguars, 12.5-point dogs, total 48 for the game. And, of course, last week the Jaguars losing to the Atlanta Falcons, which is certainly not a good loss, and the Rams losing to the Green Bay Packers, a little bit more understandable. Aaron Rodgers looked really good in that game. Um, I think that the Packers kind of starting around into form offensively. And it's a game where I think we're going to see the Rams' offense continue to struggle. Odell Beckham, he's on the injury report, is questionable. He was supposed to be kind of the missing piece to save them, especially with Robert Woods out for the season now with an injury. And, you know, Odell hurt now. They're going to have to rely even heavier on Cooper Cup. And you're relying on a quarterback in Matt Stafford, who you don't know if you can trust at this point. He's banged up. And he's kind of regressing back to that Matt Stafford that we saw in Detroit for so many years where he just does not give you a full season of consistent football. And I think that that could be a real problem this week. I Again, I think that the real lack of scoring here is going to come from the Jacksonville Jaguars who are gaining a full yard per play less than the L.A. Rams this season. Um, you know, it's interesting with the Jaguars who I better be careful about, or, or uh, Eric is going to leave me another one-star podcast review. I'm not saying they should go to London. That was a joke. But, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been doing a better job of not turning the ball over, right? He's had just three interceptions in the last eight games after starting the season with seven in his first three games. So he's getting better at not giving the ball away. The problem is they just haven't been able – to consistently move the ball in Jacksonville. And I think that's going to continue here, especially as the Rams defense knows, like, look, this is a game that we really need to perform well in. We cannot give this one away, dropping to 7-5 and five before we face the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night. I mean, that, would, that could end their season in two weeks if they're not careful. I think the defense shows up, but I think that there are some real flaws with that Rams offense that will still keep this game under the total, you know, somewhere around a 24 to 14 type of game here, I think would be pretty much what I would expect from this contest. Moving on, we'll go back to the AFC North and we will focus on Ravens Steelers. This, by the way, the second straight week where the Ravens are playing a division opponent, they will play a third straight game against the division opponent next week when they take on the Cleveland Browns for the second time in three weeks. And Cleveland, by the way, on the bye right now, they will play two straight games against the uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. And I believe it was Westwood one, the uh, the radio broadcast for the Sunday night football game between the Ravens and the Browns, who said that it's like the second time in somewhere around thirty years that a team is going to play consecutive games against one opponent. So that's a pretty crazy scheduling quirk for the Cleveland Browns and for the Ravens. I mean, three straight division games is no cakewalk either. And they come into this one four-point favorites against the Steelers, total of 44. 
And it's a game where, you know, I really don't have a strong lean one way or the other. I mean, the Ravens, yes, they've they've been winning ball games. You know, they beat the they beat the Bears with Tyler Huntley, and they beat the Browns last week. But that was an ugly performance by the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson just whipping interceptions left and right. And I don't know that I have a lot of faith in them on the road here, second straight division opponent. But I also, again, the the Steelers just absolutely have gone off the cliff offensively. I do not have a lot of trust in them. Both teams, by the way, both in the bottom half of the league in yards per play gained, bottom 10 in yards per play allowed. Um, these teams, you know, not as good as their as their records might indicate and as their reputations might indicate. Um, I think that's reflected in the total here of 44, right? You know, kind of saying, look, both of these offenses just not that good at this point in the year. Both these teams below 500 against the spread. And, you know, maybe you think the theory could be that uh, that Pittsburgh comes out firing at home here after an embarrassing loss against the division opponent in Cincinnati. But I don't trust this Pittsburgh team to deliver in that spot whatsoever. I think, you know, a more competent team I think I would trust after the embarrassing division defeat. But I I am not with that, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, This is a complete no play as far as I'm concerned. I don't like what I've seen from either of these squads, to be completely honest with you. I mean, man, Baltimore had botching, you know, goal-to-go opportunities, having to settle for field goals, turning the ball over, just disastrous stuff from the Ravens. But uh, the Steelers, not much better in any regard, really. Now let's go to the final Sunday afternoon game here on the program. We will talk Niners, Seahawks, Niners, three-and-a-half-point favorites over Seattle on the road, total 46-and-a-half. And it's a game, listen, I lean toward the Niners. In this contest, Seattle has completely fallen apart. Their offense has been just disastrous over the last few weeks. I mean, you had the shutout in Green Bay and Russell Wilson's return. Then you put up 15 points against the Washington football team that is near the bottom of the league in yards per play allowed and near the bottom of the league in terms of their against the spread record on the season. You lose it outright to them. Um I just I don't know what's going on there with Russell Wilson. He's not getting DK Metcalf the ball. What did Metcalf have one catch in that Monday night game against the Washington football team? That is certainly not going to get the job done. Um, just uh, this is a complete fade on the Seahawks. I think that you know reputation, the twelfth man. It's going to keep the numbers when they are at home a little lower than I think they should be based off of how they are playing right now. And you look at the Niners, on the other hand, they're playing some really good football right now. Uh, They are a team that really could be poised to make a run through the NFC with the way that they have been playing. Jimmy Garoppolo helping that offense to put up points. I will say Debo Samuel questionable for this game, uh, dealing with a groin injury. That is a legitimate concern for the Niners. The way that they use Samuel, the way they can use him in the running game, the way they can get him the ball in the passing game, and the way that he can create in open space. Uh, without him, I think that this game would be one that I would back off of completely. But uh, I just think that the Niners are a team that are heading in the right direction, and I think the Seahawks are a team that are heading in the complete wrong direction with the way that they've been playing offensively. So I would lean toward the Niners here. Uh, Niners, by the way, 
a marquee matchup next week. They get a late afternoon game in week 14 in Cincinnati, which is pretty nuts. You know, Normally you'd see Cincinnati playing in the 1 o'clock window at home, so you don't have the body clock concern next week for the Niners as they play the Bengals. I think that is going to be one of the games of the weekend in week 14, and we'll see if the Niners can stay focused against now a 3-8 and eight Seattle team. Uh, something that we haven't said in quite some time, if they can stay focused for that game instead of looking ahead to Cincinnati. Who would have thought that that would have been a scenario that would have been possible heading into the season? The Seahawks, by the way, signing Adrian Peterson heading into this game, which um, that's an interesting decision. I know they're really banged up in the running back department. You have Alex Collins and Rashad Penny questionable for this game. And, of course, they had been dealing with Chris Carson being out for the rest of the year. So, We'll see if Adrian Peterson can give them the pump in the running game that they have been looking for. But I uh, I don't feel particularly high on that move or anything that the Seahawks are doing right now. Two more games to get to here on the GBI show, starting with Sunday Night Football. Broncos, nine-and-a-half-point dogs, going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, total 47-and-a-half. This game was not supposed to be the Sunday Night Football game originally. That was supposed to be the aforementioned Niners-Seahawks game. But the Seahawks stinking, combined with the Broncos being pretty good this year, uh, kind of flipped those and made this the Sunday night football matchup with the flex scheduling that NBC enjoys. And, you know, this is a game that it's going to determine first place in the AFC West. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are a game up on the rest of the division. Kansas City 7-4, and four, everybody else is 6-5. and five. And it's a game where the Broncos are looking to turn around one of the biggest losing streaks against a single opponent in the NFL. Uh, they have lost 11 straight games to the Kansas City Chiefs dating back to 2015. They are looking to avoid a 12th straight defeat at the hands of the Chiefs. Of course, one of the big stories from a betting perspective is this is the game that everybody always looks for when it comes to an Andy Reid coach team. This is the Chiefs coming off the bye week. Andy Reid historically has done very well with his teams the week after the bye week. But here's the thing. Every team is different, and every game is different. You may notice on the GBI show, I don't sit there and give you trends of, oh, over the last 14 years, this team is 14-1 and one against the spread in this particular situation because those trends – don't tell you enough about the teams that are playing now. Who were the quarterbacks of those teams 14 years ago? Was everybody healthy 14 years ago? You have to take those goofy trends with a massive grain of salt. I'm not saying that they're useless. Some of them might be useful. Some of them could help sometimes. But you have to take them with a huge grain of salt. And I think that the Andy Reid bye week trend is certainly one of those. He's coached He's coached in multiple places during that time period. He's had a ton of different quarterbacks. Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes are very different football players. One of them can throw laser beams to the moon with a football. One of them couldn't throw the ball further than 10 yards down the field. They're different guys. And that is why I think that the Broncos would be the play here. And the market, it's kind of agreed so far. Now, this is a double-digit point spread earlier in the week, around 10 it has come down a shade to nine and a half. I think we see it continue to shrink closer to kickoff. And it's a game where 
look, I'm not saying that the Broncos are the better team here by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that you look at the games that Kansas City have played recently, right? They've played well defensively against Jordan Love and the Packers. They shut down Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. They played nice defensive performances, but they haven't been great offensively in those games either. Three of their last four games, they failed to break 21 points. They scored 20 against the Giants. They only needed 13 to beat the Packers. And then what are they, 19-9 to against the Cowboys? They haven't been, you know, throwing the ball around at will like we're used to seeing with them. If a team like the Broncos can put up a couple of touchdowns, get close to 20 points, they could easily cover this number. They could win the game outright. I lean toward the Denver Broncos in this game because, again, I think that you look at the results, you look at the records of these teams, and you look at the reputation of the Chiefs, and everything points towards, oh, yeah, they're going to crush the Broncos. But you provide a little context, and the way that the Chiefs have been winning over this four-game winning streak, not quite as impressive as you might think, and I think that is certainly worth keeping an eye on in this contest. By the way, Denver better ATS this season than the Chiefs. Chiefs four and seven against the spread on the year, whereas Denver is six and five. And, you know, even if you take out that easy stretch at the beginning of the season, Denver's been just about the same in terms of their win percentage as the Chiefs against the spread on the year. I think this is too many points. I think if it was closer to seven, I think, okay, yeah, the Chiefs would be the move. But uh, at this number, I think Denver's the way to go on Sunday night football. Finally, our final week 13 preview of this NFL season, Monday night football. And this, uh, in my opinion, the game of the week in the NFL, Monday night football, Patriots, Bills, New England, two and a half point dogs on the road, heading up to Orchard Park. It is going to be lit. I can only imagine how great that tailgate is going to be outside the parking lot of whatever the Bills stadium is called now. It's had like 14 different names over the last two years. But that tailgate is going to be legendary for a Monday night game against the Patriots when the Bills actually have a chance to win. Total for the game, by the way, 43. And, you know, I say that they actually have a chance to win because there was a recent Monday night football game, I think it was a couple of seasons ago, between the Patriots and Bills in Orchard Park. And, like, Derek Anderson was the quarterback for the Bills. Like, you knew that Buffalo had no chance to win that game. But this game, Bills are favored. Josh Allen's playing at a high level. This is a game that the Bills can actually win, and I think that the atmosphere is going to be off the charts in that contest. That is my first thought on that game. I Here's what I think about this game. This is a big test for Mac Jones, right? This is a game where you win this game, you're officially in the driver's seat in the AFC East. The problem is you're facing the number one team in the NFL in terms of yards per play allowed this season in Buffalo. They just held the Saints to six points on the road on Thanksgiving night, albeit with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. And what I'm interested in seeing here is how do the Bills deal with Tredavious White being on injured reserve, right? He was such a big part of the defense for the Buffalo Bills. You lose him. How does the defense respond? But can Mac Jones take advantage is another question that I currently have. I don't know that he necessarily can do it. He's not a guy who's been pushing the ball deep down the field. And I just don't think that this is a game that at this stage in his career, Mac Jones is going to deliver in. He's going to keep giving you the high completion rates, the game management. 
again, just very Alex Smith-like right now. And there's nothing wrong with that unless you're playing a team like the Bills that can really hurt you when they have the ball. I think that the Bills, it's not going to be a blowout, but I think that they should win this game by somewhere around, I don't know, 6-10, to 10, I think would be pretty safe to say. I think that they're going to win this game in Buffalo at home. Doesn't mean that they win the return trip to New England, but I think at home with this atmosphere in this spot, with some extra time to rest after playing on Thanksgiving, that the Bills would be the way to go in that contest, especially now that the line has crept below that key number of three. That is my take on that game. And that, folks, is my take on week 13 of the NFL season. Cannot wait to take it all in, starting with Thursday Night Football between the Cowboys and the Saints. Of course, we will be back next week here on the GBI Show to bring you previews of week 14 of the NFL season. The NFL schedule, it's into the teens now. It's getting depressing because you know you're getting closer and closer to the end of the regular season, which means there are going to be fewer and fewer football games to look forward to in the very near future. But we, until then, will keep bringing you the previews, we'll keep bringing you the stats, the narratives, all the news you need to know so you can make the most informed decisions possible when betting on the NFL. Of course, if you don't want to wait for the GBI show to come out, check ATS.io for all of the information you need to bet. Uh, NFL previews going up each Monday and then throughout the week, every week at ATS.io. Of course, you don't want to miss the NBA previews we've got going on, college hoops, college football, all that fun stuff, UFC as well on ATS.io. So we will see you next week here on the GBI Show of Week 14. Until then, Jay Sanon saying see you later. Good luck on your NFL bets this weekend. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.